welcome to the All Things Data podcast, Smart City Edition. Yeah, is it actually smart? <laughs> it's funny because like we call it smart. We call a lot of our, a lot of things smart, and you're just like, it's smarter than it used to be. So it's like saying a grade two is smart. That's right. There's a computer now, so it <laughs> is instantly smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If anyone is listening to this who doesn't really understand smart cities and doesn't understand the marketing angle of these things, you know, the internet of everything is not actually a thing. We don't have internet and everything. And also smart cities are kind of like dumb, but they're getting better. <laughs> That's right. Realistically, uh, a lot of the stuff that we have been seeing uh, in the world of smart cities is measurement. So imagine like just after web 1.0 when people like had all these published sites and all these things that they now had on the internet and they were trying to figure out what to do with them they started measuring things like traffic and they started measuring things like time on page. So that is the first kind of step into smart cities. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. As we've spoke about so many times, it's, it's all about the capture, right? It's that data capture. If you can't capture data, you can't do anything really. So I think the, the first thing is measurement, right? That was, you know, in marketing, it's in healthcare, it's in, you know, finance was like the first thing you could really measure you know, exactly. for centuries, right? But now the advent of sensors and IoT, which is Internet of Things, the, and then now 5G, I think that's going to be the big unlock. What do you think about that? Uh, I think 5G will unlock a bunch just simply because we'll be able to communicate with things faster and way more bandwidth because you're, well, if you deploy the infrastructure, way more bandwidth, right? So you're very likely to be able to, um, allow for an internet of things so there could be yeah. more things that are interneted basically uh yeah so those kind of things would help uh, a ton for sure but i like some of the things in smart cities that are actually smart and i'm gonna like air quote smart but whatever or let's know let's take that off the table from now on i'm not air quoting smart it's just smart uh they they really are about smart energy use, right? So things like solar panels or um, sensors that tell you when and when to turn things on and off, when to specifically cycle through something. That's uh, right. You know when maybe traffic patterns, whether that's people or vehicles, are getting heavy, and how to time them and how to like ensure that the flow is good. So that's a really good level of smart. Um, uh -huh. What other kind of cool and novel stuff have you been seeing and hearing? I always go back to cities as like congestion. <laughs> okay. And urban centers. I mean, some smart cities, they're, they're creating a city or they're upgrading a city, I should say, north of Toronto, Innisfil. And they're doing a lot of really interesting things with urban planning, mobility, um, and I mean, there, it's a smaller township, right? I mean, I think it's still sub 100,000 people, but, you know, I think it's dubbed one of those city of the futures and it's, okay. you know, <laughs> less than an hour north of Toronto, but yeah. um, it, it's interesting. They have a clean slate, but I mean, a lot of the smart city initiatives that go on in bigger cities is just mobility. Like, how do I have less traffic congestion, right? What can I do better with signaling? How do I get more people from X to Y faster? So you'll see things like autonomous vehicles. You know, I think right. that's going to be a big initiative. I think um, 
automation of a lot of city services in some ways, like garbage, snow removal, all those things. In uh, my friend in Sapporo was telling me in Japan, they have uh, heated streets. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so I think cool. like that's going to be, yeah. And like, it goes back to your energy thing, right? Like he's like, yeah, there's no snow removal because we care about the environment. And if we salt the roads, that's going to destroy the mountains. And I was like, it's Whoa. very true. That's super yeah. meta, man. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, that's so Japanese. And but that's also smart on a next level, right? Yeah. That's like generationally smart. That's not like my incentives are not today and tomorrow. That's right. My incentives are like my children and grandchildren, right? So that's right. And I mean, in Japan's a very like societal driven culture. Yeah. So, I mean, that's totally in line. And I think, and I don't know where they get the energy from. I'm assuming it's geothermal because they get a ton of, um, there's a ton of like hot springs, right? So like yeah. maybe well, they're drawing energy from that. activity in that area. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and I mean that they can do that with the energy plants here, like cogeneration and stuff where they just use the steam to like mm-hmm. heat the city and stuff. So, I mean, that would be, that would be interesting to see. I think another big thing is this idea of communication infrastructure. So like, how do you get all these IOT devices going? Right. The idea of like smart poles, <laughs> it sounds kind of weird, <laughs> but you know, just add smart to something and automatically becomes yeah. amazing. There'll be 5G mesh network kind of thingies that, sure. that go around. And then surveillance, I'm assuming. I know it's creepy, but I don't know. I think if you can anonymize things, I think it's okay. So, uh, um, you know, COVID's going on right now, right? You could see people who's wearing, how many people are wearing masks on the street? And that way you can just have an idea of, you know, hey, when people are walking around the city, if there's 70% oh, of the mean, people yes. are wearing masks, that means that we could maybe make our COVID model better. Or, yeah. you know, or maybe you're just um, using those things to monitor density or how many people are walking down the street or how many people are using bicycles or how many people are using cars, blah, 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 blah. You know, like those kind of things. So it's not like you're, looking for a person specifically but you're just measuring kind of traffic right and i mean there's so many there's so many trends that people are using i've I've been hearing a lot of um one thing is is there's people who are driving around cities so you know like the google map stuff right Yeah, yeah yeah but they're using um i think they're using laser sensors or lidar of yeah. some sort and they're basically creating three maps of the city oh that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool and i was like wow that's uh super super interesting but then that gives them a better um when you're doing urban planning instead of doing it in a 2d way you kind of have everything in 3d yeah. already yeah. so that that's super interesting i think i don't know for me like my passion is in like public transport or my interest is in public transport mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing like what kind of transportation and mobility type of it's um, odd like to me in the smart city realms uh like having you know been on the trade mission stuff with canada and seeing a bunch of the stuff yeah like there's very little in the um transportation side i mean they kind of say well we have smart buses because they put you know hydrogen buses or they put electric buses or something in. yeah um or they're like we're a really smart city because we're geared up for uh autonomous vehicles such as like uh wherever it is in arizona that they have the yeah. waymo testing uh area right. 
like that whole city is set up just to be like a testing ground for for these kind of cars and in the uae there's another city as well where they're set up for like fully autonomous vehicles um and a lot of these cities will set up for like ride sharing programs and and really be i guess welcoming to them and that's that's the level of transportation that i believe these cities are calling smart right now and i don't know that that's actually very smart transportation per se that's just right. a little more energy efficient uh, right. although I, I would probably posit that, uh, all these ride sharing, um, companies are less energy efficient than us just using our own car, you That's know, right. or bicycle something. or a bicycle. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, again, like all of the smart stuff, I, I did like what does to, smart, what does smart mean? Right. Like, it, like is I it just know. smarter than a hunk of metal? Like, that's right. That, but what, is what is smart, point? right? Like to me, smart just means that it's in the, in the big picture is it's all coordinated. Right. So I have data, mm-hmm. I'm measuring things like, you know, I don't know, I have one of those smart posts. So I'm doing like measuring, uh, pollution, yeah, yeah, pollution, yeah. utilization, temperature, all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'm integrating that into my, um, light like my traffic lights right yeah. and then my autonomous vehicles i can do like surge pricing and try to reduce the pollution at that time yeah right? make it really expensive for people to like move around at that time you know yeah. shape things that way right or like automatically launch um or signal you know salt trucks even though we're not, we won't have salt trucks one day <laughs> or, you know, I don't know, like disaster response and stuff. Like you're, you're using sensors to make those information. But I mean, when people are saying like, well, we have a smart vehicle network, I'm like, that. I guess yeah. that's the start. Right? It like, is. That's not it. You got to have the uh, initial tech to do it. But to me, that's not smart. That's just, but I think, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting initiatives going around. I mean, Europe's doing a lot of things. I think maybe Europe's having more, they're, legislatively, they're allowing things to happen faster. Hmm. You know, like, I mean, autonomous vehicles in North America, I don't, I don't know. I don't really hear a lot about it. I mean, there's always like, like proof of concept. Like you only hear about cities. Arizona and like yeah. some place in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whereas Europe, it's straight up like, Go. in all the big cities they're all trying to do like ri- like auto ride share and stuff so like yeah like I, london has a program and london is busy 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 <laughs> yeah yeah exactly london i mean i think amsterdam has a bunch of stuff i mean uh, i was in the netherlands for a while for work and like it they're super progressive right so those things they're doing no matter what i always kind of look at amsterdam first and just be like okay what are the dutch doing they're usually pretty progressive they're not like a massive country so it's easier to pass laws and stuff yeah yeah actually one one spot that uh seems to be doing or seems to be kind of ahead of the curve in the united states or in america is really uh oddly enough is columbus ohio um have you heard about them really yeah, yeah, we talked. What, what very about them? Brief, We talked very briefly about a connected sort of like city, right? Where a lot of this data feeds into a centralized place, and Columbus apparently is moving in that direction. Oh. And yeah, yeah, they've kind of created a city operating system of sorts, 
of sorts, uh, where there's like full on data collection and processing for all the smart city initiatives. Now, I think that's government controlled or city controlled or whatever, uh, but they do have access to it. So like they're not asking you to come in and create, you know, the databases, but they give you open data to it, uh, which is kind of nice. And then they use that data in like kind of new and novel ways. And really it's, Again, it's to give you information on, on things that are happening. Right. Like, you know, well, I think it's also best? like the things that you don't know what's going to happen. So let's open up the data and see how people can, you know, apply ingenuity and innovation to to problems. Right? Sure. It, it it has to be there, and then someone will eventually think of something. Yeah. So speaking of ingenuity and innovation and engineering, um, yeah. how do we science the shit out of smart <laughs> cities going into uh, a new world? Like what is, again, what is smart? Uh, if you think of the post COVID world, like yeah. smart cities in the past were about utilization. So how do we shove more people into a concentrated area yeah. and use it best? So now we're on the kind of opposite. We flipped the coin, right? So, what do you think? I think, like, okay. Uh, this is totally exploratory. I have no clue on this Yeah, one. a couple of things. I think one, one thing that kind of comes top of mind when you were saying that is just like microgrids. Okay. <laughs> and I think, okay, one thing is that energy patterns are changing, right? Like in Ontario, they're talking about, you know, our premier's talking about um the idea of lowering prices for, you know, this has been a, a big hot contentious topic of uh, election topic, but lowering hydro prices or energy sure. prices, right? Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of demand during the day, period. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I think, I don't know what the distribution looks like in terms of like a big building versus lots of small homes. But I would I would bet that homes take more energy than big buildings because they're not Most as homes efficient. are not as efficient. Yeah. yeah. And they're not new. Like you they're have new. Exactly. You're probably but, in an older home if you're not actual house. Right? Exactly. And, and like you're city, packing yeah. more and it's one person per like even if you have a four hundred square foot apartment, it's one person per four hundred square foot apartment, right? Whereas in a yeah. an office building you're packed in. I mean, there's gonna be overheads of like elevators and like mm -hmm. energy and all that stuff. But I they're I usually feel about a like, two hundred square foot mix somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that like more the energy usage like energy usage patterns you know without a doubt are going to be changed. So I think the idea of smart city initiatives will have will probably change the way power is used and like having this idea of like smart grids so mm -hmm. you know electric cars right now there's a lot of talk around tesla where it's bi-directional and using your car as part of the energy solution yeah which is kind of crazy so like you can feed your electric car back into the grid and they're saying oh, yeah, like yeah. a test yeah and they're saying like a tesla model x like long range can power a house for a day or something oh, like really? that and i was like wow that's crazy well, yeah the so, battery right yeah you yeah. You have a huge battery bank. So a sure. huge ass battery. That's right. So um, what people are, what they're thinking is, is, you know, like people are going to be moving to more and more like personal renewable energy. So like solar. Yeah, like I have. Yeah. Yeah. You have solar at your house, right? Like I don't think people are going to be doing wind at no, their house. But like, unless you have massive acreage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's going to be this idea of like microgrids. So people like you don't need as, a, you don't need a huge power plant 
anymore yeah. or you might have a huge power plant but it's operating at like a significantly lower capacity and then yeah. a lot of the energy is going to be generated um generated like personally so i think there's going to be a lot of like psychologically out of covid i feel that there's a lot of um just the way people think about things i, I feel that there's like a lot of thought back onto yourself now yeah and society whereas you know it's yeah. So like, I don't know, I think a lot of people will probably be exploring doing everything on their own. I mean, you see right now, it's like how many, I don't know, how many like steak videos do you see on Instagram <laughs> or how many like yeast and sourdough the recipes sourdough are one. you seeing oh, on Instagram? Yeah. yeah, yeah right. right. And everyone's cooking. It's more DIY culture, I think. So I think, like you know, maker's culture, yeah. maker's culture. Yeah. Everyone's trying to do things themselves, like haircuts even i i personally think there's going to be a rise in um energy generation and this idea of like microgrids and people kind of fending for themselves so i wouldn't say it's going to be a crazy doomsday prepper type of stuff but how do people become more self-sufficient because they had to be you know in the last couple of months right people are like living by themselves so they're gonna to have to cook for themselves more they're you know people are taking up like sewing and the things our parents did right more of like those analog type of um, activities but i think power generation will be part of that. Yeah, uh, for sure. The The cool thing that I've noticed, uh, and like I, I can't say I did a lot of research, but like while we were talking, um, I did a little light bit of research and uh, Vancouver is uh, moving to take away roads from cars and create 50 kilometers more of slow streets for pedestrians. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool, like return it back to the people. And another That's thing, yeah, the, uh, you know, large policy and, and lobbying organizations such as like the World Economic Forum, uh, they're talking about what smart cities are now or what the smart technology is for cities now. And like, as you get on, the first big splashy picture is just the uh, the Chevron sign that says two meters away from somebody. So it's social distancing as a sign is the smart city. But then yeah. you also are measuring a bunch of stuff around that. And uh, like there is some smartness to it, including tracking of people and measuring social distancing through computer vision and machine learning. Yeah. So they're imagining the the use cases that could occur. And they're saying some of the things that we've said too, which is kind of neat, uh, especially- Oh, that's like cool. The, especially a city like London, where they, for- the last decade, actually more than a decade, um, have had cameras everywhere and that the privacy has not been there for people. Like they've been measuring stuff about movement of people. and Oh yeah, London CCTV is like- It's, it's crazy. The, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, and like they could do facial recognition in a second and they probably do. Uh, like I know City of Toronto does. Not City of Toronto, but Toronto Police does. Um, they do facial recognition? Oh yeah, they used it. There's an article oh, uh, last month, yeah, about how they use facial recognition to find a, a uh, murder suspect, um, which is neat, but also kind of a crappy removal of privacy. And you know, yeah. it sucks that this stuff just happens and the populace doesn't ever get a say in it. Like you yeah. get a say after the fact. You can talk to your MP later, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like, what's the legal around it, right? So to me, the idea of you know, having, I, I'm all about having video cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. Cause if something happens, it's like you have something to, to see, right? Like you can play it back. 
but it's like you almost need you know you need the legal framework around it where it's like it's not like you just have a human sitting there watching it just might be on and then if something happens you know you have a warrant and then you can go watch the video kind of thing yeah that that would be a better use uh but it might be something like that like they're not at least for a murder uh suspect i don't think they're really looking at every video ever before they have access i don't know right yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not there uh but i would think i would hope that that's how it works but again it's like wish cycling like you hope that your the thing in your recycling box is actually recyclable you know whether that's true or not who knows yeah no and it's it's true i think so i think you know if it's post covid you know if we're talking post covid i think there's going to be a lot of I don't know, sanitation type of type of activities. So things like, um, you know, street cleaning or, you know, when to deploy cleaning resources, whether they're, Mm -hmm. you know, mechanized or human. Yeah. Um, So those things, and if it's mechanized, you know, like imagine you had like an automatic window washer or you had some kind of, you know, I don't know, disinfector in front of your storefront like you know say you're one of those big like you're a mall like um eaton center right you want to keep all your street property or internal property uh at a certain level of like disinfecting so you might press the button and then anytime like more than a after a hundred people walk by you know launch the robots yeah and the robots do a thing and then they come back and then they go back in so like to me that would be kind of like a quote quote smart that would actually be smart. Yeah, so like that's, that's legitimately kind of smart. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then I heard actually that during the COVID, uh, especially in the last like three to four weeks, uh, you know, like companies who are like real cleaning companies, like not just a cleaning service that comes to your office and, and does that cleaning, but like the deep cleaning companies who clean up right. after big messes and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, they've been crazy busy, like into the thousands of percents of lifts and revenues and oh, wow. in revenue. Yeah. Because everyone is trying to go back to work and nobody has any clue how to clean for this. So right. they're just like, Hey, come and clean our 3 million square foot office. Oh, you know? So interesting. And I wonder yeah. if, okay, like downstream effects, like this is me just kind of blue skying here. Like if we're going to be super, super, you know, hand sanitizer mm-hmm. uh, culture. <laughs> what, like, what does that mean for our immune systems? You know, like, are we going to be gonna exposed? Knock out our immune systems? I yeah, know. like, are we just going to be devoid? Like, I mean, our generation is going to be fine. We've been exposed to everything still. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you know, like kids growing up in a basically sterile environment, if someone sneezes on you, you're going to like, you know, be hospitalized because, yeah. you know, you have zero antibodies. It's either that or we're going to have to create way more vaccines, right? <clears throat> that's another way that's right everyone like when you're young you just have like populated of everything <laughs> it's just one needle <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just get it all it's a big cocktail yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's the smart needle <laughs> oh my god it's interesting but you, you know like kind of going back to like you know the sanitation stuff it might be you know I, i've been um seeing smart garbage cans you know oh, yeah. in the city so when do they you know and that's interesting too because like you know when you drive what's by, the level of smart here because I, I, think I, just, I know of different ones. So well, I think there's, yeah. there's two, right? Like there's like the super, like the, the not so smart one, which just basically tells you the level of fullness sure. yeah. and then deploy trucks. So I think that's interesting because you can, you can prioritize. This is 
smart enough that you can put a truck on the street and then you just tell them where to go. Yeah. Right. And then that, that probably saves you a ton of time from just going to um, going, you know, and just doing like laps around. For sure. Right. So you just, it's very targeted, but then like the super deluxe version, I think would be the, you have an underground network where the garbage can like empties itself into a conveyor belt of garbage or like, you know, like one of those mine, you know, yeah. those things on rails where it's just like, bloop, and then it sends yeah, it to like some a, sort of trash. A tangential sewer of some sort that's just there for trash. Yeah, of just like, it's like a trash network. And then I know like Amsterdam was, um, they take trash and then they, they burn it to use it for energy. And then that energy yeah. goes back into the city. So that would be something interesting. What, what have you been hearing about the, the garbage stuff? So there's an intermediary step actually uh, to both of those, which does exist. Um, I don't know if it exists broadly in North America, uh, but definitely in, uh, in like uh, very many parts of Asia and several parts of Europe. Um, and that is, starting with the thing, the sensors where it knows the, uh, the level uh, of fullness. So like how utilized it is. <clears throat> when it gets to a point where it's near the top, the thing has a plunger. So it's a garbage compactor as well. So the oh, garbage, what? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all run by, uh, by solar. So it's collecting. Oh, that's interesting. During the day. It's oh, I have energy, seen those. It's like plunge. that big, it's that big box. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty. I'm trying box. to think of where I saw that. I want to say I saw it in Hawaii, but it, maybe it wasn't. But I've seen those before. Where it's. Uh, I saw it at conferences. I didn't really see it uh, live or anywhere near a real road. Uh, maybe I it was in New York a City. Fictitious city. Yeah, yeah. I think New York City does have uh, garbage cans which are powered that way. Yes. I think I've seen that there. Because that's right. I've, I've seen it semi recently. I can't yeah, remember yeah, where yeah. though. But that's interesting, you know, and I think maybe something else even which would be, you know, even crazier is that like auto sorting. So like everyone just throws their garbage into something, but I'm like, hey man, this is, this can is recyclable. Yeah. This, so, you know, that's actually something that, uh, while I was at Kindred, we talked about doing with the, uh, with the current platform that they had, because like, if you have a very smart robot or a yeah. robot that's capable of being smart, uh, and it can pick up anything which like they're one of the only companies who has a robot that can pick up everything because those grippers are very much patented uh it means that you could get into a world of i could solve for you know recycling the the play was recycling sorting it wasn't full sorting of all refuse but even just because like the countries which do recycling really well the people sort but they sort at the source so like i'm sorting everything so like there are places again, Japan, where you have like 14 streams of recycling and you sort into those Whoa. streams. And then you take each one of those to a big bin that's like at the city center or whatever. So now everything is clean and everything, like it's a societal thing. Again, it's Japan, right? So you ensure that your like really hard plastics, I don't remember the kind, but like the ones that are not really recyclable, they, that they stay in, in one shape versus your softer plastics, which are recyclable, versus whatever else, uh, they're recycled in the same stream. So when it gets to a city level on aggregate, now you only have hard plastics. So you know exactly what to do with those. You only have soft plastics. You know exactly what to do with those. You don't have to spend and waste all of the time and money and labor to try to sort that yourself or do it after the fact with machines. Oh, that's interesting. So if you just 
again, it's behavioral science. If you shift the common uh, person a little bit and nudge them in that way, and it doesn't mean like single stream recycling for everything goes away. It just says like, okay, well, we're going to go to three streams. And then people get used to that. It's just like, okay, guys, that didn't really work yet. Let's go to seven. You know, like do it in a phase approach. I think that's how you get to like recycling that works. Because recycling, right. as part of the whole like being green initiative, recycling is the worst of the three uh, R's. Like reuse yeah, that's like the last are the real things. Yeah, yeah, like that is, you're not throwing anything away. <laughs> yeah. Right? Cycle is like yeah. the last resort almost, right? It is. I think, you know, the other, the other thing is, um, you know, post COVID, I think sensors galore, like people are going to be just like, give me a sensor for X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, like a that, mask sensor. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> mask is being worn wrong. It's going to be sensors everywhere. Right. And I mean, I think yeah. that that's already happening. I mean, in the building space, you know, yeah. I think everything all new buildings over time will be connected. Uh, and I mean, this is just for cost savings too, is that, you know, all these initiatives wouldn't happen if there was some sort of financial impact, right? You know, at the end of the day, capitalist societies, you know, you don't do things just, unfortunately, you don't do things just because it's good for the environment, right? Like it always has to be good for your bottom line too. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, you have to kind of imagine how it's going to do it. And I think, you know, sensors, like even if just in smart buildings, right? Like imagine a city had, you know, every municipal building or every building of a real estate portfolio, like Oxford or, you know, those, those kind of guys have sensors everywhere. So it's like, you know, where to deploy your people for leaky pipes, you know, to where to deploy people for a light bulb, you know, where to, you know, deploy people for your elevator or right. your ventilation or whatever, right? Like it just tells you what to do essentially, mm -hmm. right? Like where to send people. So you're a lot more, you're not necessarily proactive about it, but you, you could be, but you're just faster in reaction. Right. So, yeah. you know, when things are going to like break and that's like the ultimate. And then, you know, for, it goes back to the sanitation stuff, right? So it's like, how do you sanitize? Um, how do you sanitize faster? How do you like clean faster? How do you get consumer confidence up? How do you also like enforce social or not social this physical distancing right physical distancing, uh, yeah. you know what's that you know you maybe you're not doling out fines but you're just you know saying things like hey look the streets are too packed how do i open it up like toronto's opening up a lot of streets so for people mm -hmm. can walk down them right i don't know what those streets are yet i know lakeshore and stuff they they opened up all um, in my neighborhood like mm -hmm. all of the residential streets the the big uh, like through fairs that I used to use, those still exist. But like the secondary streets, those have all been like piloned up. You can get through if you're local traffic to get to your house, but it's meant to be walking streets and riding streets right now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like some of the bigger streets, like Lakeshore, they just straight up closed off. One side though. Like yeah, yeah. I think eastbound or something, right? Or maybe westbound, whichever way. Yeah, it was yeah. something. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I think, you know, people are going to find ways it's going to be weird because it's going to be people finding ways to like not be close <laughs> yeah you know or like more distant yeah, yeah so i think you know people will come back like this is going to change how every like covid's going to change how people interact and stuff and like mm -hmm. you're going to just see tons of hand washing and hand sanitizer forever now but like um i think it's going to make us more prepared for the future yeah. and um it's going to change the way you know 
when we talk about COVID, it's just going to be changing the way like people work and the way people live. And like, I think smart cities are going to play a big part of that. So, you know, you, you can under you can say things like people are staying home more often. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do we get people out of the houses or out of your houses and onto the streets and like moving around, but you can't really know unless you have sensors. Right. So yeah. I, think that's I like the be- idea of like hotspots, like you were saying earlier, where, right. you know, like imagine the Doug Ford story. Everybody who's not from Toronto, I apologize. This is a very Toronto story. But uh, in Toronto, uh, there's a park called Trinity Bellwoods, which is a, a very popular hangout during the summer. It's just a very large park, you know, like maybe, maybe like one tenth the size of like a central park, right? So it's small yeah. in that sense, but it's large for Toronto. It's still large for an urban park. Uh, and it has, you know, tennis courts and dog parks and all this other jazz in there uh, and greenhouses and whatever. There's just a ton of space for people to sit. It's really cool to hang out at, right? And for a very, very long time, uh, you go there during the summer and it's even before pot was legal in Toronto, it's this place where people go hang out and smoke pot too. Yeah, or drink. Uh, or drink. That's Everyone drinks a beer. So uh, in Toronto, it finally got like legitimately warm uh, to the point where it's hot and like you're baking in the house uh, last week uh, on Thursday or either Thursday or Friday. And that same day uh, there was not just a small gathering. There was No, like I think it was, sa- it was Saturday because it was weekend. Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Friday actually, but whatever. Yeah. So at some day, a few days ago, uh, like the park was full, 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 full. And like, it looked like pre COVID numbers at the park. So then you could say, okay, well, there's all these people. We're not going to identify them or anything, but you could then track that park and be like, okay, next day there is way less people, maybe, right? So now you don't actually have to send enforcement officers. That's right. They, that's what they did. The The action they took was let's go send a lot of people, uh, a lot of officers here uh, to go and police this. And like, if no you have, not just that, if you have a, a crowd of like, I don't know, let's say it's 10,000 people, four more cops is not going to disperse them. They're all going to be like, we're not going right. like, what are you going to do to cite us? You know, like, that's right. Well, I so. think, you know, I think that's interesting. You know, the, um, it, it's, it goes back to like resource deployment, right? So mm-hmm. you could just be, you, you're, you're kind of watching or you have like a, you know, some sort of like threshold that's just yep. like, okay, this park is over a thousand people sending the cops or sending yeah. the bylaw people. So now, you know, but one of the one thing that pissed me off with that is, and this is my little rant, is that you know, <laughs> whatever, there's like lots of people there, like thousands of people there, right? And yeah. um there one of the enforcement officers was like, How do we enforce this? Just start giving out tickets. If you start yes. giving out tickets, people are gonna leave. And they're yeah, like, There's just too many they'll people. They'll disperse really fast. Who yeah. are we decide? Exactly. Just or if you wanna be, you know, crazy, just corral everybody and be like when you leave this park you're getting a fine yep (laughs) right so like but i mean that that was i think that was a big you know dick move by people who went there i mean yeah but i mean you see it all over the world people have been i I don't agree with it but people have been frustrated as hell and like i saw a story yesterday i don't know which late night show but one of them they were talking about um galveston texas has uh a tradition called the tops off run or something like that, where it's not people taking their tops off. It's the Jeeps. So it's all about Jeeps. Yeah. So you take the Jeeps top off and then you just go up and down the Galveston beach for some reason. 
I don't know why that is a thing, but whatever, it's cool. They do it. <laughs> uh, and of course, they all did it, right? Uh, they were all saying, oh, we're being socially distanced cause, distant because we're in the car. But they were still all getting out of the cars, hanging out and everything and being at the beach. Yeah, yeah. So like it breaks all kinds of rules, right? So I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, those kind of gatherings to me is just like I the reason I'm pissed is because I don't want to stay in anymore. And then now there's a bunch of like people going out and breaking the rules. And like, I get it. I'm pissed too. I don't want to be inside. But the thing is, is that when I read about these super spreader events, like you hear about them in like Korea, like there's mm-hmm. one person like, like the nightclubs. Yeah, they open up the nightclub. That's pretty dumb. <laughs> they open up clubs. This one person goes to five different clubs and they were in potential contact with 7,000 people, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just like, oh my God. I, I just hope that the numbers don't go up, you know, and I mean, it's an outdoor event. So when you're outside, it's way less likely that you're going to get it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, Man, you know, and I mean, it's Canada. We're cooped up in the house like eight months a year, right? So going outside like every day is precious in the summer. So I was just hoping it was going to rain for like two weeks. And then that way, like the numbers. <laughs> that naturally just keeps people home, of course. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I cool. think, yeah, we uh, good coverage. Um, I'd love to talk more about smart cities again. Like there's so many, so many interesting things about smart cities, smart buildings, you know, transportation that, you know, we can cover in the future and would love to do another, another one of these uh, topics. Yeah. Let's see if we can get somebody on who's actually very versed in, in the topic and talk to them. Yeah. About yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to bring some more people onto the podcast and kind of, uh, you know, get some new and interesting perspectives. For sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, This has been the All Things Data podcast, and uh, we'll look to talk to you next week. All right. See you later. Be safe. Bye, guys.